What's up, everybody? My name is Jacob, and thank you for joining me here at the ChemCon podcast, a reaction between chemistry and pop culture. Now, this is my first podcast in a series of podcasts where we're going to take a look at chemistry through a pop culture lens. We're going to relate some of the cool things in comics, TV shows, and movies to some really cool real-world chemistry. Now, I'm doing this as part of a student project for a course that I'm taking at the Australian National University called Science Communication and the Web. Part of this course is to create a web presence, which for me is this podcast series, and I have to get it out there for people to engage with. Now, I would really like your feedback, guys. If you have any comments, suggestions, feedback that you think might help me improve my podcasts, please get in touch with me. Message me, email me, comment any way you can. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you have any topics that you think might be cool, I can do some research and see if I can come up with a podcast for them. Now, today's podcast is The Chemistry of Spider-Man's Webs. Every Marvel fan would be very excited for the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Homecoming. And guys, I'm not going to spoil anything here today, but I would really, really recommend going and seeing it. Seeing it. it was a great movie. I loved it. They did something really different. They did something really cool. And they didn't do the origin story, which was a relief. Tom Holland was amazing as Peter Parker. He was also amazing as Spider-Man. He was a fun mix of awkward, funny, cool, nerdy, all that really classic stuff that we see in the comics. And I think Tom Holland really nailed it. I'm really looking forward to seeing Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the future and seeing what Marvel does with him. Now, Spider-Man's webs have incredible properties. He, he is able to use them to swing from buildings, fight vulture, save people, fight crime. They're incredibly versatile. The properties of natural spider webs are also really, really cool. They have incredible tensile strength. Tensile strength is the force required to pull something until it breaks. Spider webs have the have the tensile strength of high-grade steel, which makes it one of the strongest materials known to man. It can stretch five times its original length. It's also incredibly sticky, which allows the spiders to catch their prey, and it can maintain its properties over a huge temperature range, negative 40 degrees to 220 degrees Celsius. Now let's have a look at some of these properties, and perhaps by looking at the chemistry behind spider webs, we can gain some insight into why Spider-Man's web fluid has the properties that it does. So why are spider webs so strong? Spider webs and spider silk are made up of proteins. Proteins are long chains of compounds called amino acids, which are in our, which are in our bodies. Our bodies have about 20 amino acids, which can be assembled into long chains called proteins. Now that's the specific sequence of these amino acids determines the protein shape and determines the protein's chemical properties, and this allows the protein to perform a specific function in the body. Now, proteins are essential to all living things. They make up body tissue and they speed up the chemical reactions required for life. Now, spider silk is made up of a protein called fibrin, which is similar to the protein that we find in our nails and hair called keratin, and similar to the protein we find in our ligaments called collagen. Spider silk is mainly made up of two different amino acids glycine and alanine. Now in the spider silk protein fibrin, there are long sequences of alanine and long sequences of glycine. 
these long sequences form blocks. Now, as the protein folds, these blocks of alanine and glycine interact together, and these interactions result in a really, really strong force. This force is what contributes to the strength of spider silk. These two amino acids, alanine and glycine, are relatively small compared to other amino acids. This allows the blocks of alanine and glycine to tightly pack together, which allows the spider silk to withstand a huge amount of force as it's stretched. The other crucial property to spider webs is their stickiness. Why are spider webs sticky? Well, not all spider webs are sticky. Spiders, can, spiders coat specific regions of their webs in a glue-like substance. Now this glue is really interesting, it has some really, really cool properties. So first of all, as an insect is flying towards the web and hits the web, it gets stuck in the glue. The glue acts as a rubber-like substance to stop the fast-moving insect in its tracks. Once the insect has been stopped, it's been caught by the web, the glue then starts to act as a sort of mucusy, sticky glue-like substance, which keeps the insect trapped in the web and allows the spider to come along in its own time and eat the insect. Now scientists don't know a lot about how and why this glue acts the way it does. They think it's because of the mixture of proteins in the glue. These proteins are tangled up and linked together and these connections between the proteins they think give rise to these really interesting properties. Now, as I said, there's still a lot of mystery surrounding how all this works, but that gives you a bit of an insight into how spider glue works. Now, the question on everyone's mind is probably, when am I getting my own Spider-Man web fluid? I'm sorry to say, guys, it's probably not going to happen for a while. The problem is spiders only produce a small amount of silk, and they usually live in small groups. So that means there's no large natural source of spider silk. Scientists are trying to get around this problem, however, by inserting the genes that encode for fibrin into things like silkworms and microorganisms. So maybe one day we might have these large bacteria farms that are mass-producing this spider silk, and maybe one day we can get a hold of our very own Spider-Man web fluid and use it to do some really cool things. Right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you very much for tuning in to the ChemCom podcast. Again, any feedback that you have, any comments, please let me know. Also, everyone, if you liked the podcast today, I'd really appreciate it if you went to iTunes and subscribed. If you liked my stuff on Facebook and Twitter and shared my stuff on those platforms as well, that'd be really great. Help me get my podcast out, um, out there. Thanks very much, everyone. I'll see you next time.